0: Harrison, we're both alive. We, we made it. We, somehow we survived. We made it back home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so I want to tell you a story Please, about my yes, adventures. I, I want
1: to hear the story. Okay. Because I haven't heard the story yet. I just saw pictures. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was a whole thing. So, after a really, really lovely few days in South Bend and meeting all these cool people, recording with JVL, recording with sister Teresa Alethea... Uh, all this great stuff, it's time to go home. And by Monday, I was ready to go home. I want my own space. I want my own bed. I just want to get back to work, right? But it's snowing a lot. Uh, But you know what? I'm from Pittsburgh. I've driven in the snow before. And we talked. Your flight had been delayed. Uh, But you're like, oh. And Uh, delayed. Yeah, it had been delayed. But you (laughs) you said something offhanded, like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure the snow where you're going isn't isn't so bad. I was like, yeah, it's probably not. But it was bad. It was very bad the snow on the roads. And I'm going like 40 miles an hour, which felt like a safe distance, uh, safe speed. And I'm just cruising along, and I see some red lights in front of me, and I assume people are just braking, but they're not braking. They are completely stopped. Oh my So there's a semi in front of me, and I hit the brakes, and the traction control thing kinda kicks in, and I am not slowing down as much as I would like to. I would prefer to slow down much more than I was. So I'm like, okay, I have time to check my, my right side. There's no one next to me, so I will go into the right lane now because I have a little bit more space. Not enough space. Still not slowing down well enough. And I, like, I do not want to hit this car in front of me. So I turn to the right a little bit more and I go down into a ditch. Oh, my God. So I'm in the snow ditch and take a few deep breaths. I'm okay. Airbag didn't go off. Very thankful. I look at my car. There's no lights or anything flashing on the dashboard. So after taking a few deep breaths, I realized I can move my car like straight forward and straight backward in this ditch. But I'm kind of stuck. I kind of can't get up this hill. But really, as soon as I had gotten to the ditch, this very nice truck driver comes up to my car to see if I'm okay. His name is Nikolai. So everyone pray for Nikolai. And he has a very thick accent. And we're talking a little bit. I mean, his name is Nikolai. Yes.
1: So you would expect a thick accent.
0: Yes, 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 yes. But a very pleasant truck driver, ma'am. There's also it was a nice lady whose name I forget. I think it started with a J. And we were just you know, talking and basically there's a cop there who was driving on the side like on the uh, on the bank and uh he's like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine he's like well we're all stuck here for a few hours anyway so and he just drives away i was like thank you police officer for your help <laughs> so i try a few times to get out of this ditch but i, I can't i can't do it i keep like sliding off it's like back blah, 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 blah. so i'm just standing on the side of the road and nikolai goes hey if you want uh i'll give it a shot And I was like, okay, stranger, drive my car, because why not? And he gets into my car, and it was like watching an artist at work. It was like watching a conductor in an orchestra. It was beautiful. He kind of goes up the hill. He turns off the – he allows the wheels to spin. He goes up, and he's almost at the top, and the wheels are spinning and spinning and spinning. And he gets up, and it looks like he's going to crash into his own semi. But he stops like three inches from hitting the semi. Amazing. And my car's out. And it's amazing, and there's rejoicing, and I'm uh, with the with the lady who was next to me. We're cheering him on as he's going up the hill, and we're like, "Yes!" And then so I get my car uh, onto like the road, and as soon as I get in my car, and I'm on the road, everything clears up, and I drive all the way back to Pittsburgh, and I'm. People were asking me like, uh, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Okay?" Because getting in a car wreck. Is miserable. That will ruin your freaking yes. week, right? That's just especially when you're not near home, right? Yes, which has happened to me before. But like, I was just so—it was like a near-death experience where like life <laughs> just feels new and fresh, and the colors are more vibrant and the smells are more <laughs> just palpable. And it was like, I am so happy. My car's okay. I'm okay, and I'm going home. And so I did not get in a car wreck. Everything was just this fine. Is good.
1: I was going out for lunch with Jeff and JBL and stuff and at that point when I saw the stuff on Twitter. And, I was, and everyone was like, is he okay? Does he need to get back? How Do, can we, do we need to go out and get him? And I mean, it's good. That, hey, this is actually a neat thing about social media is that actually people, you can communicate with people all over the world and they'll find a way to get help, but you didn't need it. You just needed to talk to the guy next to you. Exactly. But also there's another problem because after I realized that I was fine, my
0: first thought was this will make for excellent content. And I tweeted out, before, before I called my family,
1: <laughs> I was like, oh no. Because we all know Twitter is where your real family no, is. No,
0: it's, it's, I mean, I love, I love, I love the Twitter fan, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think if I had actually been like injured or something, I would call my family first, but because I knew I was okay, I was like, ha ha, ha Twitter content.
1: Yay. Because content is king. And everything, and everything is content. Is con- amen yes. speaking of which amen welcome to clerically speaking i'm father anthony speaking of content yeah okay i'm father harrison yeah i guess so we got speaking content of content
0: we're clerically speaking yes. what we speak is yes. content that was the best transition yes. i've ever made thank you
1: it's the only transition you've ever made, listen really. listen
0: listen listen we've discussed this before neither of us are very good at this so no
1: neither of us are vic mattis no.
0: so if you get like a solid b minus that's a win that's a passing this grade. this is pass or fail for yes. us okay,
1: yeah, so i too have i I too have a, a little a bit of a story as well, because uh um yeah first, it was an amazing time at at the conference, and it was i don't know, it was a joy to meet some of the people who listened to podcasts and, and had a great conversation with people the whole i mean I was on cloud. i didn't I didn't want to leave yeah. I kind of I wanted to, to stay, and then God kind of heard my prayer.
0: Yeah, he did. It was like uh, St. Scholastica <laughs> and St. Benedict. Yeah. Uh, that you- we
1: had, now, okay, before I go on about my, my delays, uh-huh. what did we do on Sunday night? What did we do on Sunday night? <gasps> we, went, we, went, we went for dinner. We went for dinner. So you guys remember we recorded
0: with JVL. So we did that Sunday afternoon. But Sunday night, we went to Best Buy. And we bought a, a uh, not an Amazon, Roku. a Roku stick. Roku stick. And we plugged it in. And Father Harrison, myself, and JVL, we watched professional wrestling. Yep. And you kind of didn't hate it, did you? I, we watched three matches, I think. Yeah so we watched uh, there's a match from NXT it's a newer brand we won't talk too much about this so stick with us so we watched an NXT yeah. match and which I picked because of the background and the storytelling of the match I thought and
1: was that good. was my favorite match because I actually then cared about who won exactly. even though I knew it was all fake it's
0: about friendship and betrayal and revenge yeah. and it was a slower match but it was an intense one
1: and like because every- then we yeah. watched and then we watched the, the Ric Flair match and I just didn't care because I'm like I don't know what's going on I don't the fact that you I don't, don't care about Ric Flair there,
0: and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat hurts me inside. But I understand. I understand where you're coming from.
1: I was like, there's no context. This is two guys wrestling.
0: Right. Okay. So right. we didn't give you the, the first background.
1: The NXT match and then we were going to watch the the match with Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Right.
0: But we didn't. But we, we didn't couldn't get find
1: it that. for some reason. We couldn't find it for some reason. Although someone else showed, uh, Matt, Matt Baker was showing me. He goes, no, it's right here on the WWE. Like, he found it, no problem. Yeah, I wonder what which was Which is really weird. That. So anyways, just quickly, I got back home and I, I found it on, I found a, um, unsanctioned version on Daily Motion. Okay, and uh, but it was good because it actually had Stone Cold's commentary of the match. Oh, as it was going on, which was really—I I will be honest—it was really interesting. And it's like, and the way they set up the match, like especially with how Bret Hart is like kicking at Stone Cold afterwards mm-hmm. after the match is already over. Um, I was like, yeah, I could see how this is one of the best matches of all time. It was great, and I know, and and, and, and he's but, like, and you'll see right here, you'll see right here. This is the this is the spot where where he takes the razor outside of his inner lip and cause that's where he was hiding it, which I'm like, how do you fight? How do you wrestle with a razor just hiding in your mouth? You can do that's that. If crazy you're Brett
0: The freaking hitman heart
1: hit and he cut so cleanly. And it was like just a surface cut. And but man, stone cold was bleeding like crazy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was an interesting match. I had to solo. I'm like, I still think, I don't know if I could invest into, um, I don't know if I can invest into wrestling just because I only have so much time, sure. but I don't hate it as much as I used to.
0: This is, was my goal. Is this is my goal all along, right? Because not everyone has time okay. for wrestling. There's a lot of content out there. But I wanted you to have a healthy respect for this art form. And I feel like that's where you're
1: at. Would you agree? Okay. Yes. Yes. Also, so, anyways. As a side
0: so, note, Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin has his own podcast. And I know he's listening oh, to ours because obviously he is. So, Stone Cold, whenever you feel like coming on, whenever you don't have some time, or when you do have some time, come on. We'll have you on
1: as a guest. Okay? Okay with that? I guess you could say he could stun our audience. Oh, now I hate
0: everything. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we get to your second okay. thing, um, yes. also there were I was at a fall retreat uh, for our our young people in the diocese, oh, and yeah. two different uh, teens came up to me and said they are fans of the podcast. And so oh, cool. hello, two different people who said you're fans of the podcast. I'm sorry. I forgot your names. It's not a great shout out, Shout out, but I thought it was super cool that you listened.
1: Uh, uh, I know there was a teenage girl named Joe who was there because I'm friends with her mom and I met them last summer at, oh, in Washington yeah, yeah, yeah. and she may, she may have been one of the ones, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. I know she was at the, ret- she, I know she was at that retreat as well. Excellent. Um, her mom was telling me that she was at the retreat. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, so we were staying at Jeff Pajanowski. So really grateful to, to Jeff and to Felix and Rhett, their two kids and to Sarah, their wife and their two dogs. Actually, this is a really amazing thing as it, people may or may not know I have a massive phobia of dogs mm-hmm. how did I handle the dogs while we were there you
0: did great I was very genuinely proud of you uh, that uh, you did and you got better and better uh, as, a, uh, as you got especially going with
1: yeah. I think it's I'm trying to remember the dogs I think it was Rylan which is their fat chihuahua
0: yes and it is a and... fat chihuahua
1: <laughs> fat chihuahua <laughs> And like he's like he was just like walking all over me like I'm sitting on the couch he's just sitting on my lap and he just wants me to pet him the whole time and I didn't let him lick my face because I think that's disgusting that's fair uh, but he want that's what he wanted to do all the time so we got I got pretty good so that was great anyways so yeah I got delayed um, so I I went to the airport on Monday morning and then the flight was delayed and then the guys like no give it an hour it might. And then it got delayed to like 2 o'clock. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to I'm not gonna make my connections. I'm not going to get home. So I phoned United, changed my flights, went for Mass at Sacred Heart, sat in the pews, which was a nice little rarity. I actually got to meet Amy Barrett, right, the, one of the people who was up for the Supreme Court justice oh, yeah. position which was kind of neat at Mass. And uh, JVL and Jeff and I went out for lunch with some people, with Rick Garnett, who's a law professor at Notre Dame, and, and then just hung out with Jess the next day. And then the next day, no, that night, on, on Monday night, I get a text from United. Your Monday, your Tuesday morning flight's been canceled.
0: <laughs> Just straight up canceled.
1: <laughs> Cancelled. I'm like, I can't make my connections. So I finally got out on Wednesday. And when I was at the airport, I got some pizza soup for the flight home. Pizza soup? Deep dish pizza. Delightful. Did you enjoy it? Was it good? Yeah. It was okay. I've had better in Chicago. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, air, it's airport food, right? right so... Right, right. Um, but it was a great time i'm really grateful to jeff and his family for hosting us it was a really i don't know it was super restful yeah it's good it was super restful and uh, and all the people that I, we, I think we should shout out all the people at dcc who made the whole time possible for us who were super generous towards us all to coming out and uh to hang out with all these people it was i i'm going i've already booked off the weekend next year to go
0: Yeah. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, because it was—it was a wonderful opportunity. It was something I never
1: expected to do, and we got to do it. uh, Just—it's not just. Yeah. Like it's not—it's not just like a—it's not your usual academic conference, right? Like this is the experience of communion. Mm -hmm. This place. It is what it was. It was you're going to these lectures, but you like you and you saw it in the way people were talking. These are not people who just care about ideas; they're also really living their faith. Absolutely. Like Stanley Hauer asked this lecture on Friday night was all about his experience with Larsh and people talking about questions and their experience. With, and you're just like, oh my gosh, these people live the gospel and care about ideas. And it was really beautiful. And it was amazing. And then like having the dinner party at Jeff's house on Saturday, like I was just like, I don't want to leave. So God gave me an extra two days and I was very grateful. Mm, Father Harrison, you yes. just mentioned
0: uh, academia. You just mentioned friendship. You just mentioned living yep. the gospel. You just mentioned uh-huh. dinner. All of which were near and dear to the heart of our patron Thomas Aquinas. So now it's time for the Summa Tweet-a-Logica. Summa Theologica. Summa tweet-a-logica. Summa The. Tweet-a-logica. All right, let's go. I'm really excited to talk about this one. Our uh, uh, friend of the show, Ethan Stewie, Stewie. Very good.
1: At, did you see? Quick, quickly before you mentioned, did you see Caitlin's uh, tweet yesterday about how she's introducing her husband to different podcasts? No. And she said she's saying to so Alex, this is the this crunch, is, this is, and okay, they. Good, good. Yeah, and she goes, "This is the crunch," and um. They just talk about clerically speaking all the time.
0: Wow. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, that's probably the best content they can possibly produce is just talking about our stuff. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. So Ethan says, if you use your phone or headphones to ignore people around you, whether you're on the street, in the store, or at home, you probably need to bring that up in confession. Hmm. Now, I was scrolling Twitter this morning, as I am wont to do. And I saw this tweet, and I was like, oh, oh, my dear child, oh, my son, whomst I love, why would you put that this way? You are going to get canceled. And sure enough, people are very angry about this tweet. So (laughs) here's the problem with Twitter. Sometimes to get your point across, you cannot make every point, right? You can't make every emphasis. You can't make every nuance, right? But whenever you say to something that's so general, you need to go to confession, it's kind of like you're accusing everyone of sin, which is an okay thing to do if you do it the right way. I'm not sure this is the right way. But, I, but he
1: also said you probably need to. He didn't say you absolutely needed to. But here's the
0: thing. People don't, people don't care about the, the actual content of the tweet. They care about how they feel when they hear it, right? So right. it's something that I'm very, I try to be, surprisingly, try to be aware of when I'm preaching Not just like what I'm saying, but how are people going to hear this? And you only have so much control over that, right? But like we talked about, uh, Twitter, sometimes that nuance and that context, you don't have it there. So I definitely agree with the idea. If like you're using headphones to ignore people around you just because you don't want to deal with people, you don't want to deal with other human beings, you don't want to be present in the moment, I think that's something that can point to a vice in you. So that part I agree with. I don't know if I put it that way, but I see what's going on there, right? Uh, But also, uh, behind that, I think, is, okay, why are people doing this? Why are people hiding from the world in this way? And I think acting sinfully, I'm not saying this is necessarily sinful, but in general, acting sinfully out of a wounded place is still a sin, but you need to address the wound, right? Right. So why is it that people are so bad at community, at contact, of being with the other? Those are wounds that need to be healed. But very often, we sin out of our woundedness. So we have to address both things. But there was another perspective that was, that was brought up. And uh, some of the, the ladies of Twitter uh, brought this up, that like, sometimes girls just not to get hit on or to be bothered or harassed, they put on their headphones as a defense, which is something I, I would not have thought of before. And so uh, there, it, this brought up a lot of problems. Where, like, and I think because of the kind of, yeah, the accusatory nature of that tweet, I think that was something that was going on. Um, but I know Ethan, and he's thinking about his job as a focused missionary. And he needs to, to do any kind of mission work, you have to have people listening. And it's so hard to make contact with people on a normal, in a normal way when everyone's got their headphones in. So I understand that part. So that's enough of my commentary. What did you
1: think? Uh, did you see my quote tweet of it? No, I didn't. It was, uh, it was a GIF.
0: Oh, uh, Father Harrison, we? we're,
1: we're a podcast.
0: Yes, I know. So uh, what Father Harrison was doing was he was taking his hand, like you're going to say high five, but like looking at the palm of his hand, right? So his hand's in front of his face, and he was waving it back <laughs> and forth across his face, which, as most people know, even if you're not into wrestling, is the, is the universal sign for You Don't See Me, made exactly. popular by John Cena. <laughs> That's I thought what you Father Harrison did in that moment of silence. That Nick, you will not edit it out because we need to be punished for our bad content, right? We need to learn from it. What if
1: What if I did that on purpose? What if you did that on purpose? I mean, it worked out because my whole bit, I just did. it, it was hilarious. out exactly, exactly, so it worked out great. exactly. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't know. I where I struggled with it was like, man, like when I get on a plane, sometimes, sometimes planes are like my. My one little refuge. They're like my place of solitude, even though you're surrounded by people. And I just want to read a book and not be bothered sometimes. Not all the time, but because here's the other thing. I, I often travel with my caller, so, and, I, and I do that on purpose, because I do want people to approach me. But sometimes I'm just like, or at least for, like, not the whole plane ride, because you got to take your headphones off at certain points, and that's fine. But I'm just like, you know, if I got a four-hour plane ride from Chicago to Vancouver, I want to just enjoy a movie or, or, or read a good book. And, and so sometimes you just got to you, you plug in to, as a sign of people like, th- while I'm ho- happy to be talked to, this is not the right time.
0: Yeah. And like, obviously, and, like if you're in the gym, I'm not talking to people in the yeah. gym. That's not what I'm there for. Uh, but I think I think <laughs> or, I agree. I completely agree with you. And I think...
1: <laughs> or people <laughs> whistling as they enter the washroom, right? No, that's illegal. Uh,
0: um, so... Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And there are times... When, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that.
1: All right. All right. Um... So let's, let's, I was was just proud of Claire with this one. I I just, so from at Latin for satire, um, I just sent a link to a clerical podcast to the wrong number. They loved it. Blessed be God. And I'm just like, if this isn't the new, new event, like it's guy with butterfly. Is this the new evangelization? Mm -hmm, mm
0: Mm-hmm. So basically, this and guy just wanted to share a podcast with someone. He shared it with the wrong this person. This gal,
1: this gal, okay. this gal. So th- yes, and she shared it with the wrong person, and the wrong person they shared it with, they sent it to the wrong number, apparently, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the wrong number loved it anyways. Amazing.
0: Hey, this should be the new- So welcome,
1: wrong number. Yeah,
0: exactly. Hey, what's up? This is the, <laughs> what's up? We're going to do something. We don't have to do something, but this should be the Clerically Speaking Challenge. <laughs> text the link to our podcast to a random number and see if they listen if not a random oh number God. just someone that you might who's interested in podcasts
1: every listener texts this to one friend yeah. and then we'll get those sweet sweet clicks it's not, those sweet, it's sweet sweet not a downloads. pyramid
0: scheme it's not
1: it's not a pyramid scheme at all be, but you know you do get a set of knives if you get 10 people to sign up
0: right exactly i mean that's only fair that's justice
1: well, you don't actually get a you don't actually don't get a set of knives no you don't get anything No, nothing. Your reward will be great in heaven.
0: Uh, So this is from, uh, okay, Michaela Therese at Talitha Rising. And she says, you know how priests have ordination cards? Do married couples do the same version of that as well? Seems like an absolute praxis to do so. So if you're unaware, when a a priest gets ordained, and sometimes they do this for their deacon ordination, they have a little prayer card. So it'll be some kind of image that's important to them, a kind of prayer on the back, and it'll say, please pray for the priesthood or diaconate of so-and-so. And you buy a bunch of these and you hand them out at your first mass and everything so people can pray for you. But the idea of doing that for marriage stuff, I think that's a great idea. I love it. Get like some image of like a, a a married saint or a saint that just like has helped you in your discernment for marriage or something. A little prayer. Say, pray for the marriage and family and new family of so-and-so. I'm totally for this.
1: Okay. But then counterpoint. Okay. How that just makes the laity more like us and aren't we, like, how is that on brand for us?
0: Okay. So it'll it'll work this way. It'll work this way. Married people will do this, but no one will care about it, right? So it's the thing we do, where we empower the laity. Father
1: Anthony is joking right, right now. Right, folks. This is gonna be a whole joke, but just stay with
0: me because it's great. So, so in quotes, we empower the laity, but nobody actually does anything. So it works out fine both ways. This is actually doing ordination cards for for weddings is actually the most clericalist thing you could do, right?
1: Yeah. If you think about that. Pretty soon, they're going to want to be Eucharistic ministers and read at Mass. i just kidding. No, honestly, it's actually, uh, I think it's a neat idea because it's a great way to remind people. These little cards like that are a great way to remind people to pray for you. And that's why the whole point we do that for priests, because we have a massive spiritual responsibility. You do too, as lay people with your families. But it's just, yeah, that's why the whole point of these things is to remind people to pray for you. And so do it. I might actually, I, some people have been asking for my ordination cards. I have none left. I don't even have one for myself. I can't find it anywhere. Right. Um, so, but I might make some for my fifth anniversary because that's coming up in February. That's a big one. big one. That's a big one. I no longer will leave the priesthood. Right.
0: And for those who don't know, good this thing. is like a big stat. If you leave the priesthood, statistically, you're likely to leave, leave within the first five years. So if you make it to five years, you're good forever.
1: Because that's much. how statistics work. Exactly. And, they, 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 they. Yes, exactly. And yeah, if vocations exactly.
0: are anything, they're stats.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, the only way to heaven is through statistical probability. <laughs> I'm sure that's not a heresy.
0: I'm sure it's fine. All right. Well, I'm what, sure it's what fine. Else we got?
1: All right. Uh, well, uh, from uh, uh, Father Patrick Hyde, OP, uh, at Father Patrick OP, Sunday. The bacon for a parish brunch was cooked under the HVAC intake, leaving the church smelling of bacon. Yesterday, I burned incense in the church most of the day, which left the church smelling of incense and bacon. My greatest pastoral achievement and gift. And I got to say, I mean, I don't even know why I'm a pastor anymore.
0: Right. You don't deserve Uh, to be one.
1: I don't deserve it. I mean, this, this is everything.
0: To, to give your people everything. these, like, because that's just a beautiful symbol of nature and grace, isn't it? Amen. Like the incense lifting our minds to God, but also the smell of the bacon reminding us of the good gifts He's given us. This beautiful, I was almost thinking of, it,
1: uh, the, uh, I was thinking of it the other way around, really.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, like, bacon's, bacon's a grace. Because, I
1: mean, and God, God did say, you know, eat it all. So, it's actually graced now by God. That's so, true. really, the bacon's the grace. Amazing maybe it's all grace Maybe it's all grace uh but um and the best thing is because the church smells like bacon those who can't stand or the smell of incense can, it's now kind of blanketed with the bacon and so you won't have to you won't have a chance to complain about incense anymore
0: now i just assume this is something that's already done in texas cuz they're all about smoking bacon and brisket and stuff do they not do that in giant thuribles if you're if you're a texas priest let us know like what don't you just use thuribles
1: <laughs> to smoke the meat or like a southern priest like i'm thinking like uh, i know we have a few people who live who live in nashville who listen to the podcast they barbecue is a huge thing in nashville i mean it is nashville
0: so like who makes the best incense bacon that's what i want to know because there's always there's always big arguments about who has the best barbecue and the best barbecue so for would me you... is whatever is is free and in front of me that is the best barbecue okay um question
1: yeah. Uh you know how incense it's always like little grains and stuff like that so then would bacon incense be bacon bits? Absolutely
0: it would be brilliant, brilliant.
1: I'm just mm-hmm. saying I'm not I'm not saying I've just come up with the greatest idea ever but I think I've just come up with the greatest idea ever I think ever. that's what happened Yeah cool Alrighty. Um Alrighty. before we go into our next segment uh-huh. just I think a couple more shout outs from DCEC that I forgot about okay. you know because we met Adam Matthews Oh yeah right oh, yeah. And and um we met Sister Teresa, obviously, and Mary Ann Boas and Mary Fair. Like, we just met a ton of people. Yeah, uh, um, Caitlin and I, I, Token. I probably uh, Zach, Zach Mabry um, came out, uh, Matthew Walther, uh, Stevie. 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 <laughs> uh, just a lot of people we met. Uh, uh, Bea was there too. Like, when we did the Twitter, meet, Twitter meetup, we had like 35 people come out. Yeah. Oh. Of course, of course, Katie Ruby oh, yeah. drove two hours to come to the meetup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this shows you how dedicated she was to come. Yeah,
0: and her whole family, too.
1: Her, They were all sitting in the car watching a movie while she was out having a drink. Amazing. <laughs> that is hardcore, folks. Mm-hmm. God bless her for that. So uh, it was just awesome to meet everyone. And I'm really grateful for that. So I just want to make sure. I'm hoping I didn't forget anyone. Oh, we but definitely I think did. That's, there was some random did. guy I met so, in the
0: parking lot. I was leaving just to go back to the house take a nap, and some yeah. guy in the parking lot. He was going, I think, just to interview for music or something. And he's like, "Oh, hey, yeah. I heard you were here. I listened to Clerically speaking, or or maybe he was just oh, on cool. Twitter." I was like, "Yeah, awesome, cool." Yeah. So like, we met so many and, people.
1: Oh, oh, and Gunner. I got God bless Gunner. After he listened to our Mother Teresa episode. Mm-hmm. He went and volunteered for nine months with the sisters in San Francisco.
0: That's, that blows so my God, mind.
1: God bless you, Gunner, and God bless you in your final year of studies as you enter deeply into your discernment. And it was just awesome to meet you and to meet everyone. And we can't wait to be back.
0: But all of those people are but, but grains of sand, dust falling through your fingers, are insignificant. All those people we mentioned are nothing compared to who we have as a guest on the show.
1: And mm-hmm. does this does this mean a new bumper?
0: It definitely does. So we have to make sure we text Nick right away cuz I think we gave him the heads I've, up it's been a while.
1: I've just I I texted him while we were recording. Good,
0: perfect. So we got to hang out with Meet and she was on our panel, panel Sister Teresa Alethea. And we got to interview her. So it's great. We got to interview her.
1: And we got to hang out with her all week. Yeah. Oh, and her and I got crowned by Caitlyn as kings and queens of Twitter finally. We actually got even got crowns. Beautiful. So, yeah, I know uh, Sister Teresa is awesome, and we had a great week hanging out with her, and she was just a ton of fun, mm-hmm. and it was a real blessing to spend time with her. So, here we
0: go. And now it's time to... Remember your day! Yeah.
1: With Sister Teresa Latia, Yay! So, so, welcome to uh, the podcast, Sister Teresa.
2: Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: So I have a question for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How does it feel to be a rock star? <laughs> 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 I'll be honest. Do you hate it?
0: Do you hate it?
2: I don't consider myself a rock star. It doesn't so.
0: matter what you consider yourself. <laughs> you are objectively, at this conference, a rock star.
2: <laughs> you guys are, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That.
0: yeah. Obviously. We, we, we're class D rock stars. Right, right, right.
2: Well, me, too. So. No, you I think
0: you're at least here. C+. Plus. <laughs> if you just go by by Twitter account and followers, and I don't know what your Instagram's <laughs> like, and just... Um, I don't want to say the novelty of being a religious sister because that sounds kind of not, but something about, like, yeah, you see priests all the time, mm-hmm. not necessarily religious sisters. So that's how I, I think you're definitely at least C. Yeah. Oh, well,
2: it's all for Jesus.
0: <laughs> there you
1: there go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. So uh, for those who don't know, we've been here at uh, Notre Dame this week for uh, the, the Nicholas Center for Ethics and Culture for their annual fall conference this year. Its theme was, I. I shall call you friends. And so we did a panel on Thursday, which was kind of weird and awesome and beautiful, talking about social media and friendship. So that's how we're all here today. And and Sister Teresa was saying to us, uh, I better be on the podcast. And we cannot anger a religious sister. Wouldn't dare. Wouldn't dare. Yeah. Not even yeah. once. It'd yeah. be a bad move. It would be. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. <laughs> right? These are, are pretty I'm just
2: pretty sure when you get to the gates of heaven, if you've done that, they're just like, turn around. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, tell us, tell for those who don't know, why don't you just tell the, 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 the beautiful listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: So, my name is Sister Teresa Alethea, and I'm a da- daughter of St. Paul. So, our congregation spreads the gospel using modern media so that's why you'll see a lot of our sisters online under the hashtag media nuns but we also run our publishing house Pauline Books and Media and all of our convents around the world are connected to bookstores so our sisters work in bookstores Mm -hmm. and we work in editing and publishing and designing and marketing cool yeah awesome Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of another question, but I'm so tired. This this whole conference <laughs> has been crazy. So yeah. we did it. We started off. We we all flew in or drove in, drove in, drove in, drove, drove, in? In? drove, in. drove in. We, we drove in. <laughs> and that's a Canadian way to say drive in. You had uh, to put the U in there. Exactly. <laughs> and it was cool because luckily we did our, our panel. Kind of one of the first things that we did when we got here which was thank god exactly right I,
2: i've told everyone i'm on zero fake extrovert energy yeah. <laughs> like i just don't have any more in me
0: <laughs> exactly so we were able to get get that all done i think we sounded like we knew what we were talking
1: about i think so too. We did
2: i was very proud of us mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and people kept on coming up afterwards um to talk to us we met a great priest from rome at the college of communications had a great discussion with him about all this stuff and it was uh it, yeah it was it's been weird this is it's all weird like isn't it it's it a neat opportunity weird. like when you when you I don't
0: know when you discern religious life I assume when you certain priesthood you think of like the basic religious life priesthood things yeah but like the Lord also puts these really neat opportunities to like yeah. go to a conference yeah. and meet all these people. And yeah. you don't expect that, but every once in a while it kind of comes along and it's
1: it's nice. Yeah. So just, I guess, again, for the listeners, just so people know how this kind of came about. So Jeff Pajanowski, who's a law professor here at Notre Dame. The great. Jeff, yes. who has been <laughs> also known as Pojo to his Pojo, students. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, we've we've and he's been a great host to us this week. Uh Father Anthony and I have been staying with him at his house with his family, and it's just been awesome. We had a great Yeah, but real quick, so like we never met Jeff in
0: real life before this, right? To, so yes, that's true. And he's just like come into our house,
1: live with our family for a few days. Yeah. Has this not happened to you before?
0: Has this not uh, I'm trying to think. Probably not. It's happened
1: to me a few times now. Yeah. Where People I've just, just gone in people's houses, and I'm like, I mean, a as like Friar Nick, I've not been axe murdered, right? So this is good. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, yeah, this is I think the third time a family I've gotten to know through Twitter. I've stayed at their house, bef- even though I've never met them in real life hmm. in person. Our before. sisters
2: do it all the time when they we when we travel. We just we'll stay with families at the parish. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Very, you know, you just never know what you're gonna get. with. <laughs> so in this
1: is okay. This is interesting because like, uh, I think. It's probably... I don't know. My sense is it's probably a little bit more common for priests. You know, they get to know a family well or whatever, and they just... Like, is that a unique experience for families to have a, a religious sister stay with them?
2: It is. So it's interesting when we're traveling, we are always we always get home from our exhibits and we're super exhausted and the families are like, let's have a conversation for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we do and they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, right, and right. we make like lifelong friends that way. Yeah, yeah. But it's super fascinating because we do it all over the U.S. So right. you, you meet, fam- like once I stayed with a family who the, the, the father and the family had literally made a lake by himself, he had made a man-made lake outside the family's house. And built the family's house. So you just walked out and there was a lake there. Huh. I mean, that's just, I didn't even know people like that existed. <laughs> right, right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> and you're, you're going to do some more adventures after this, right? Are you giving a talk or something? What are you doing after this conference?
2: Yeah, I'm going back to Alexandria, our convent in Alexandria, and Sister Bethany, who a lot of people know from Twitter and Instagram. She's going to be traveling around with me and Sister Magdalena, and we're going to do some Memento Mori talks. And awesome. I'm super excited about it, except I'm on zero extrovert and en- fake extrovert energy. So I'm going to be running like only on the Holy Spirit all
0: week.
1: Good, good, good. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just give you some of mine. Okay. i just like, yeah, yeah please. Say, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> say a prayer for me.
1: Father Harrison, just can like, I have a double portion of your spirit? <laughs> is what it's going to be.
2: People, <laughs> It's like when you send your guardian angel to someone. There just send go. me some of your I'll extrovert.
1: send you my guardian angel. How's that? That would be awesome. There we go. He,
2: he's probably extroverted too. He yeah. has
1: to be. Um, so yeah, so we got together this week to just, uh, to start off with Jeff, uh, start off he was just saying oh yeah father Harrison you should like do a paper at this conference i was Mm -hmm. like yeah cool so i submitted a a proposal and he goes wait well maybe actually like we should also do a panel of some sort because it'd be neat to talk about social media and friendship and and how that's he goes you guys have been a a concrete example of how new forms of friendship happen so he was the initial idea was like he's like well what about you and father anthony i said yeah that's cool (laughs) <laughs> but I really don't actually like <laughs> Like We keep it together You're for like, the podcast because <laughs> really, my friends, <laughs> <laughs> people don't know. But we're we're striving to really not just punch each other, around. right? Exactly, <laughs> right. So, um. But then I was like, well, no, no. I think we should. You need a broader perspective on this too. I think it can be almost too narrow if it's just two priests talking about these things. I said, so like we need to get a. I think we should get a religious sister, too. I think we should get sister, sister Teresa would be interested. And then I said we should also get a lay perspective. And I, this is more from concrete experience. My friendship with Shannon Last, who is also on our panel, who is now back in DC already. Um, I said, why don't we like see if I'd this-
2: never met you guys in person. No. Nope. So it's kind of funny. We were talking about friendship. And I'm like, I've never met you before. <laughs> so but
1: are we friends now?
2: Yeah. See, I knew that we would be. Yeah. You know? yeah. that That's the thing is yeah. is social media brings people together. Right. And, and you know who you're going to be friends with. And, yeah. In person or online. And I think that was like one of the most valuable things about our presentation was we were the only people there talking positively about (laughs) social social media. Really. It was so negative in, in the other panels that I went to.
1: Yeah, but that's because they were like 90.
2: Oh yeah, Alistair <laughs> <Sorry>. MacIntyre <laughs> talking right. about Facebook, yes. So
1: for those who don't know, Alistair MacIntyre essentially was subtweeting us in right. his talk. Yeah. He is. Even though he had no idea who we were or that we were talking, but... Uh. <laughs> he was
2: pretty negative about the possibility of friendship in general, general which yes. was, yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah, he seems like a bit of a... He's a. He has some interesting things to say, but I, I'm like... You could see he could be a bit of a curmudgeon in a way,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: I appreciated.
0: I loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here is the thing at okay. these conferences. So if you've been, it's the same thing that happens in high school. It's the same thing that happens in college. It's time for questions, and there are certain people. And if it's if it's if you are this person, you need to stop. Stop doing this. (laughs) But instead of asking a question, it's your time to perform in front of everybody or to demonstrate what you think is your great wisdom and insight. And it was great because Alistair McIntyre was having none of it. This poor fellow, (laughs) this poor fellow who uh, asked the first question, he asked some sort of question. And Alistair McIntyre basically said, that's not a good question. I'm going to answer a better one for you. So he's, he's crushing the guy while allowing him to save face. So, you know, yeah. but then the guy pushes back at the end of his answer. And he says, you just don't understand the text. And that was it. And he just got destroyed. And I, So I really liked that. Because yeah. if you step up to a microphone, you should be, you should, there's consequences to our actions. Yeah. And
1: that's I appreciate true. that. Yeah. The, the, I though I've been very grateful you're right about the performing thing but I've also been very grateful that I never heard a, well this is more of a comment than a question that's true because that, that is amazing. the thing everyone hates at a yeah. conference you almost want to go up like I was this joke I was like I want to just go up and say this is more of a comment than a question question let everyone groan and, and then <laughs> actually just ask a question yeah right. <laughs> but I think uh, again yeah.
0: uh, to uh, my, my more serious point uh it's an interesting thing. So we we are more positive about the social media mm-hmm. thing because we've experienced it and experienced objectively good fruits, and not mm-hmm. a few. I think we experienced a lot, mm-hmm. and it makes you makes me wonder uh, how much does that apply to other things too. Mm-hmm. So like, well, let's say that social media was this this mark of the beast, terrible thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y- you can't you can't go into everything being like, oh, you have to experience it to figure out whether or not it's good or bad, right? So mm-hmm. there needs to be some of that. Um, preliminary work done but I, I don't know i think a lot of the the negativity is because people aren't immersed in it mm-hmm. and they don't understand it mm-hmm. uh, right. and they you know the lived experience of it
2: i think it's also a natural human tendency to go towards negativity than optimism that's, that's right. my definitely my tendency yeah. so.
1: <laughs> and i think too we can have we often the criticism comes because people are just like overly too accepting without a critical right. eye towards things like i remember something pope benedict once said about uh, the development in bioethics that um we're allow we're ask, we're allowing things to develop before asking a question whether we should allow it to develop right yeah. or it's mm-hmm. the the Jurassic park you know we always ask could we do it but we never asked should we do it right yeah. and and I think that that's always an important moral question to ask but I think that's why I think we need to be careful to to I guess like I guess yeah the the, the negativity stuff in the end it's like i'm I'm here what I'm hearing is like You guys essentially think this should be destroyed, but it's not going to be. Right, right? yeah.
2: I also, I've learned a lot from our founder, Blessed James Alberione, because when I first um, started coming to our congregation and visiting, I was pretty much a Luddite. Even though I worked in IT, I didn't yeah. have a cell phone. I was really kind of anti-technology. Mm-hmm. And he has prayers where he praises God for television and hmm. radio. And I refused to have a television. I never had a television. I was just wow. very... And I was like, praise God for television? I mean, please. <laughs>
0: praise God for the devil's tabernacle? <laughs> know, no, that's, thank that's you.
2: That's exactly how I So-called
0: Saint Alberione <laughs> or whatever. I mean,
1: there's a reason he's a blessed. blessed. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. God. laughs>
2: <laughs> and it came off as almost Pollyannish, mm-hmm, but right. over time, I've really realized that that he saw the opportunity of every new technology mm-hmm. and the opportunity for spreading the gospel. So right. to him, it was it was like this is a new technology where I can get to more people and talk to them about the gospel. So I try, I, like I feel like that's just a gift of the Holy Spirit in this charism. Yeah. Is that whenever I see a new technology, my immediate thought is okay, how can I enter into that and spread the gospel to other right. people? So,
1: so yeah. So, and I think that opens up an interesting point because I think it'd be really good to focus on the reality of, of social media, like, a little bit of kind of an extension of our, our panel in a way, because one of the, I think one of the beautiful things from the weekend was we did our panel, but then it fostered conversation throughout the whole weekend. people wanted to talk about this more,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, especially father Jordi from Rome, right? Like he, I remember yesterday at lunch, he seemed really eager to come and sit down. He saw us. He's like, can I sit with you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it was a beautiful conversation because I know he has more hesitations, but also he's not trying to like stick his head in the sand and say, we right. can't. We have to. He's actually saying we got to be there.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think the, in, the conversation has to go around. Okay. What is the Christian response to this? I think a lot of the reason there's the negativity is people only see the negative data right like we know for twitter algorithms work that they tend to promote the more divisive content than the positive bridge building content mm-hmm. so how do we how does a christian like how do we start to form and this is like your your point father anthony at mm-hmm. the panel too right that we need to start kind of creating like social norms for social media mm-hmm. that and that we have to start encouraging and training each other in virtue in this new medium because yeah. um, it's a different it's not like television or anything like this it is also a social space like you said yeah. like for Pope Benedict it's a it's a digital continent or the new agora mm-hmm. this is a place where actually encounters actually happen right so how do we yeah how do we how do we start to approach this in a christian way
2: mm-hmm. yeah i think that's something that that needs investigation and mm-hmm. study and mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I'm
0: not sure how much, uh, though, because I think we kind of have the answers. I think there's a temptation to blame too much the media and not, not us. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, so part of what I was trying to talk about is that, um, and this is uh, two big things I think came across in our panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the dynamic between our embodiedness and the embodiedness of communication and how that works or doesn't work with different forms um, of mm-hmm. of media. And then uh, the other thing was basically how all communication is is mediated somehow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think more and more about it because I was talking a little bit about the, the virtues, and it can be very easy to blame the the medium, the mm-hmm. the you know, Twitter. It's like mm-hmm. oh, Twitter makes people bad, and I really think it doesn't. I think more and more that I reflect on it and reflect on myself is that uh, that the medium of Twitter actually reveals a lot about who you are. Yeah, exactly. So even if you're being fake, it's going to reveal something about you. So if you are doing this huge like performance thing and you're trying to build up a persona and construct Mm -hmm. this thing, that tells you something very deeply about who you are as a person. Just use the word what? Authentic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to. I refuse. You just did though. Did I? Dang it. Um, yeah. So you yeah. I mean, just to dive into that, you you are always authentic online. And there, like, there's a cop out saying, "Oh, I just get you know riled up on Twitter." It's like, no, you you get riled up. And when look at what happens to us when uh, we remove certain. T- um, helps to virtue. So a lot yeah. of times, I forget who mm-hmm. said it, but it's much more easier to be afraid of the person in front of you than to be afraid of God, right? Right. Because if I if I start yelling at sister right now, there's gonna be consequences for me, and they Definitely. will be terrible. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hit you with man. right. Exactly. <laughs> right. What happens when I'm not afraid of sister anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Do I still care about her as a person?
2: There's like more mediation mm-hmm. for less right. consequences.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Uh, do I care about what God thinks about my tweets or mm-hmm. about my you know posts or whatever? Right. So I think it's always revealing. So uh i think we need to be virtuous mm-hmm. we need to have a deep interior life and yeah. if you're not willing to be self-reflective about your social media yeah. then it is while it's, while it's while it's ever present and available right. it's not necessary for everyone to use it right so mm-hmm. if you're in a place where like you can't
1: cultivate uh interior life you shouldn't be on social media mm-hmm. so this has been an interesting experience for me too. Like it's just was always beautiful to stay with families because you see how parents and their kids relate with each other and you start to, like I think we forget that essentially like social media is essentially like being raised in a family now. It's like the kids when they first start doing things, they want to you know they go on to their natural tendencies like I want to just I want revenge against that person because they took my my skateboard or whatever. Um, but the way parents educate them well is that the Christian response. That takes time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that's the thing. Social media is a place where, yeah, where it's going to take us time. Like, I think I'm more virtuous now than I was three years ago online. Yeah. Am, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But that's the authentic element of it all, right? To say I'm a sinner who's going to make mistakes, who needs God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 um,
2: it's kind of trial and error. Yeah. yeah. And
1: that's okay. Like, you know, this is where I get frustrated a little bit when the church gets very hesitant towards social, or at least,
0: some leadership members, yeah. in the mm-hmm. church
1: gets hesitant to where they're like we might make a mistake someone might say the wrong thing yeah so but we do that all the time in the parish mm-hmm. and you don't get in trouble for it or whatever you get in your communities that's just part of being human mm-hmm. It like this is where pope francis is kind of right we got to kind of make a mess in a way and that like it's okay to to try it and like and so like for father geordie he was telling us like what we're doing is we're in the laboratory
2: mm-hmm. we're
1: experimenting right yeah. and we're seeing what what works, and I think we're all here because we've, and we still have to reflect on this. We found something that does work. Mm-hmm. And now what does that look like in a more concrete way so we can help others form their online relationships?
2: Yeah. And the church has to be online. That's where the people are. Yeah. So we're, and we're bleeding membership. So we need to meet people online. Mm-hmm. That's where we'll find them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You made a point. Cause I was thinking when you said, uh, we were having a conversation and you said something about, um, that's where we need to meet people. And I was thinking, Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of people on the peripheries who maybe don't have a lot of social interaction. But yeah. you or somebody else brought up something like, no, kids, uh, they're always online. Yeah. Yeah. And there I was think, a
2: study that said yeah. that 45% of teens say that they're almost always online.
0: Yeah. And sometimes I think I fall into that category yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, oh, wait, people are always in this space. Yeah. Yeah. So now for me, it's, and this is like the point I was trying to make in, in my little presentation is we got to, so, one of the points i made was this idea that we treat technology as extension right that and because that's how we treat our bodies Mm -hmm. right um which is this is all rooted in descartes but um this is not a we have essentially it's like about trying to discover again rediscover what's the christian approach to the body and embodiedness and that if we can actually treat technology with the same understanding and experience then i think we can actually start to find this kind of quote unquote more authentic way of living online where we recognize that a tweet i send is really actually a sacrament of my person right right? what we're doing right now we're talking those those words are sacraments you know you can't read my minds i i hope although i think nuns have that that power um uh but we you, you can't you need words to communicate that to know what's going on in my mind and and um, it's the same thing with a tweet.
2: I think that's true for online and in real life. Yeah. It's like if you don't have a proper Christian anthropology or understanding of your body and your human person, mm-hmm. then then it leads to lack of virtue. Absolutely. And so, so social media kind of uh, shows that, right. that lack. Absolutely. You know, more so that, than in-person relationships. So, so really, it's like... A, um, it's kind of a diagnosis of, yeah. of the interior life of people. Absolutely. Like I've always said that, you know, it, studies say that we're bleeding membership, and, and it's true that we are, but we're also living in a time where people are more comfortable saying, I'm agnostic, I'm atheist. Yeah. And so, in some sense, I, th- I think. The, uh, the the Pew Research um, surveys are really just revealing what what may have already been there, but people are just comfortable saying it. I think social media is similar. It's like mm-hmm. what's happening inside of us on, on a on a person to person level. Social media just kind of illustrates it in this very just I mean, it is disturbing the way that people behave online. But that just shows us what's happening inside them.
1: Yeah. And and again, and the the reason they're they're acting this way is is they see they're not seeing social media as an encounter of persons, Mm -hmm. but as a tool to express myself. Right. Which is not the Christian vision of things. And
2: uh, it's very utilitarian how I express myself, how the other person is supposed to like everything I do or retweet it or whatever. And, and I can, I find myself doing that sometimes, like when I'll get lots of people asking me questions and I have to remind myself, this is a person. I'm feeling irritation right now, Mm -hmm. but there's a person on the other end of that. And I I try, and I don't always succeed, but to really keep that in mind when I respond to them. Mm
0: -hmm. But then, you know, when, you are getting irritated. I think you would agree. It's okay to just block everybody. Right, sister?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not as extreme in that philosophy, but oh, I, but I definitely think like blocking is totally okay. Right. Yeah. And I do, I do it frequently because yeah. people can be very inappropriate.
1: Yeah, I was, I was, uh, oh, by the way, our, our panel will be posted on YouTube. So uh, we'll, we'll make sure to put out the link to that once it's out. But I was—that was actually for me when we were doing our discussion points at our panel. I, that was the part that really shocked me when you were sharing about like some of the stuff you receive. I was just like, hmm. "What?"
2: A lot of our sisters do. Yeah. Really?
1: And like it, that? Just, I mean, I find that just repulsive on on a, and repugnant on a mm-hmm. multitude of levels. Obviously, that people would feel this—that this is okay to do with a religious. I mean, that people should. I mean, it should be repugnant that people feel this way with towards anyone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that. There's the extra dignity of, of the state of life you've chosen that you that people are like I just ugh. Just.
2: I, I do think and just for people who yeah. are listening, um, basically I shared that uh sometimes we get we get not only hateful things, but sexual things yeah. or like people hitting on us or whatever. And sometimes they don't realize we're nuns, but most of the time yeah. they do. <laughs> um and I think part of that is just being a woman online, yeah. that that women get more of that nastiness. Absolutely. But I also think that as, because this is our charism and this is what we're called to do, there is a spiritual warfare aspect Absolutely. of it. And I've, I experienced that immediately when I when I started doing things as a postulate. It was just like there's a spiritual attack here that's happening. And so our sisters mm-hmm. kind of support one another in mm-hmm kind of looking out for, you know, different people who are acting creepy or inappropriate and warning one another and, but, but also supporting one another when we accidentally open things and, you know, yeah, some of the things that you can receive are truly disturbing. That is really, yeah.
1: Yeah. So do you get, like, do you have open DMs then or?
2: Well, Instagram you have to.
1: Okay. So, so that's probably Which is
2: yeah, I don't I don't in Twitter anymore for right. that for that reason yeah, yeah, yeah. because I kind of just needed to protect myself from some of the things.
1: Right. So um, how do you like how do you like so then do you just sit down with your sisters and just say like this happened today and just need to process it type of thing or Yeah, we'll just yeah. kind of
2: process it with yeah. one another okay. or be like sometimes sisters will will say I I got a strange message from this person and, mm-hmm. and they were talking about you and you know, so we'll kind of just pass around information about whether, yeah.
1: That's beautiful though too. Again, again, that that's, that's where friendship and community life really supports you. Like that you guys have this safe space where you all understand the work you're each other. I know not every sister's on Twitter and Instagram as much as some of you are, and, and yeah. but that you have this space, everyone knows this is the work we're doing. We're kind
2: doing. of forming one another yeah. because in formation, we were formed by sisters who who weren't so much online and didn't know so much about it. So right. we were, it was kind of a, a, we would talk to one another about right. that. that right. because we're media nuns, but we don't really like, we are kind of forming ourselves in this but Mm -hmm. we also know that the holy spirit is helping to form it and so the holy spirit has been so active in our relationships with one another but also in our presence online like Mm -hmm. just the fact that i have as many followers as i do and other sisters do and people are interested in what we're saying like i think that's just a work of the holy Mm -hmm. spirit it's just amazing even the whole momentum worry thing it was just I had, I, all I did was tweet about having a skull on my desk and, and from there it just like took fire (laughs) and eh? the minute it like took fire, I was like, Holy spirit, like you're doing something and I have no idea what it is, but I'm just along for the ride. Really this whole thing had just been along for the ride.
1: And, And that's something that Pope Benedict brought up in his thing on, on world communications. He says, ultimately this is a work of the Holy spirit that it's you know you're out there just doing your thing and it's going to bear fruit that you can't possibly foresee right yeah and i think that's an experience for all of us yeah that we we i don't think any of us ever foresaw yeah. This ha- like 2 years ago, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us would have thought this this moment oh, would no, be happening no. at all because of Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it's I think it's a proof and a sign of, of the work of the Holy Spirit um or in like for us this podcast too all of this it's like yeah. you know it's God's work because you did nothing to chase us. Like this is not we're not out there to gain follow We're not trying to gain more followers. We just want to just do our thing and suddenly it's that is that is the work of the Holy Spirit and it's because I think we're trying to enliven in people, their desire for God.
2: Yeah. And that's where our (laughs) optimism comes from. It doesn't come like when you look at the facts and the numbers and you look at like just the deluge of evil on social media, like Mm -hmm. that is, impressive and it can lead to pessimism mm-hmm. but the reason that we're optimistic is not because the numbers tell us to be optimistic it's because we've seen the, how the holy spirit works on it Amen. and we know the holy spirit is on our side yeah. how can you be pessimistic when the holy spirit is on uh, your side yes
0: that's a very good point but remember <laughs> that that being well, said, that's the most condescending response that, ever that being said. good sister good sister um, <laughs>
2: That's exactly what people say when they're about to yeah, be exactly. condescending. Excuse me. It's um,
0: uh, <laughs> the same thing when people say, like, a father online. It's usually not because they want to call you father, it's because they're being condescending. Anyway, anyway. But uh, just from personal experience, I remember thinking, and maybe like six months into my, you know, after you become a slightly bigger accountant, like, I, I didn't understand the Augustinian notion that most people are going, are going to hell until I came to <laughs> Twitter. I was like, yeah, this makes perfect sense people are garbage (laughs) and most people are terrible but so i have to like balance that self because here's the thing is that and i have to remind myself like jesus came to save garbage people amongst whom i am the foremost right because like all this it's it's the same temptation towards sin like so people who who indulge in the more sinful aspects of social media, there's that temptation in all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not all of us have, I mean, years of formation or just Mm -hmm. growing up in a Catholic family or even knowing the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, they're not that different from us. It's just that we've been, you know, we've received these gifts in a sooner way than maybe than they have. And I have to remind myself of that. But also, because we have sister here, I wanna make sure we ask you some questions and stuff because like, this is a great opportunity. So I've been curious because, you know, you have your um, religious life and uh, your the way you live and the rhythms of your life, which are so important to religious life, right? Mm -hmm. And then you are here, you're, you know, by yourself in a hotel, you're running around with all these people and stuff who want to take your picture and like get you to sign their memento mori book. Mm -hmm. So maybe to concrete the, uh, the question a little bit, what's been the most challenging thing about this week for you and what have been like kind of the blessings?
2: Definitely. I mean, the blessings have been meeting you guys and meeting so many people that I that I knew previously mm-hmm. just from their profile photos. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like astounding. I just kept being like, "Oh, that's so and so. Oh, that's so and so." It was beautiful <laughs> yeah. to see people. You, you in saw real a real life, life. gift.
1: Yeah. Great. What was that? She saw a real life gift. I did
2: of
0: what? Zach Mabry. Zach. <laughs> Zach Mabry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And then uh, the other person who was totally not surprising when I saw him was uh, was Stevie Lark. Absolutely no. no yeah. I was like, oh, you are exactly who I thought <laughs> yeah. you were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. So, so but that's been, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you you do like normally it would be ideal for me to have another sister with me, and that's what right. that is definitely our our ideal. And I think as this whole thing is blown up, it's kind of ironic because the whole thing has blown up because of memento mori reminding myself that i'm gonna die and so whenever i feel like a little bit like big-headed about it or feeling like like this will last forever which it won't it's just gonna die out and and i'm gonna move on with my life but um i i just Remind myself that I'm going to die. Like really, I like the only reason I am here is because of Jesus. And some and and to be honest, like when I entered into this swanky like hotel room that they it's, so it's nicely nice. put it's me nice. up in, I I thought this is very nice. But you know, I would rather be back in the convent. Right. I would rather be with my sisters. I would rather be with the stale food in the pantry. Like that's just, I love my life, I yeah, do. And good. when I come to these things, yeah. it's almost, it's it's difficult because I'm leaving that life that I love. Right. And, but but whenever I pray about it, I just hear Jesus saying to me, I am with you. Like, yeah. And we have that on all of our chapel walls. I am with you, like I'm not leaving Jesus in the, right. in the convent. He is coming
0: with me. Right.
2: So anytime I feel kind of overwhelmed or I'm like, is this really where I'm supposed to be? I just feel him say to me, I am with you.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. That's awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: Was there any other talks or that you went to that you found of interest and and what was yeah, anything else that you found interesting about the weekend that like just cuz like, it's also an opportunity to learn, right? Like um and I'm not going to bring up the fact that you're wrong about beauty being not transcendental. But <laughs> sorry, I just had to. Anyways, um, let's was- agree it's a mushy transcendental, right? <laughs> okay, it's, like, a, it's saying- like it's like a, it's like a glob of wet sand for a transcendental. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is a vape cloud of a transcendental. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, quick, we were we were talking about this in the ballroom before Stanley Hauerwas' uh, talk, and I'm like
2: that's dbh that was pretty funny i was
1: like that's david bentley hart we're who, standing
2: like together talking about transcendentals and, he, and he i looked over because
1: he saw us and heard i was us, like
2: I oh there's the guy who wrote a book on transcendentals that's
1: all yes and then uh i was like i'm like yeah he's also the guy who's now arguing for universal salvation yeah i'm like yeah anyways but yeah there's something about like the big mess of catholic people
0: that yeah. were at this conference it yeah.
2: is and so many different views so many different yeah. views yeah. and
0: they were exchanged like because like you know we may be friends via the the Twitter and stuff, but like we have friends and acquaintances that we like, but they do not like each other online and they've <laughs> blocked each other
1: yeah, online, right? Yeah. So like what do you do in that? And there were actually like these lovely little moments of reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Of I, I had a moment of reconciliation this weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Which has been beautiful.
2: Yeah, I think priests and religious can kind of be that glue between people because yeah. we're more neutral, right. and so we can kind of bring bring people together yeah. just by just by our presence.
1: Yeah. I think. So, so was there um was was there any other talks or anything that you found interesting, or anything else that you found like really interesting of the weekend?
2: Um, I I mean, I found all of the talks interesting. I'm kind of a lifelong student. I just am right. fascinated by academic. Talks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed Letitia Adams' talk, though, because mm-hmm. she combined um, academic thoughts about friendship with um, very down-to-earth experience with her son's suicide, mm-hmm. and I was really moved by that because it cu- the contrast between that and other academic papers that were presented. Just felt um, it. Just felt real. Like mm. she was bringing everybody down down to earth. Because sometimes these academic conferences can right. get a little detached from reality.
1: That's what I appreciate about it. About that's why I appreciated about Stanley Howarass's lecture too. It was right? very it was, simple was
2: very... and straightforward, but profound. Oh yeah. What was it on? Yeah.
1: Uh, it was on friendship with people with intellectual disabilities. And so he was reflecting on his experiences with L'Arche, which is an amazing, I mean, he had some really interesting, he actually, he had this great line in there about how, um, it's not about being the best human. It's about being the most human. Like, and I kind of thought about, it's not about being the best version of yourself. It's about being the most yourself, which is a different thing. Write a book. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, but it was like, it was really beautiful. I was like, but that was like a great anthropological no. statement that he was making that really, because what it gets to, it gets away from this perfectionism about our humanity, but it's just about getting in touch more with your humanity, which is going to involve weakness and and frailty and, 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 and nothingness at times, but that those aren't things to be feared, but they're actually, they're things to be embraced. Like in a way like there's a, that there's like an anthropological view and all that that says there is a truth to what nihilism says but nihilism says everything is meaningless because of this and we actually no christian tradition says no actually that's actually precisely where grace works and i found that really powerful he's a and uh, yeah he's a i've never heard him before but i you know he's a he's a bigwig in the theological community and it was uh it was a really powerful talk and the questions oh yeah cuz that's was the other thing with all of that and then just talking to other people This is an academic conference, but how many people are really actually striving to live the gospel who are here, like in their own concrete ways with people with disabilities or or with the poor um, like all these different things yeah. I'm just, like, just raising their families in a yeah. like yeah. way yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I'm like wow
2: I've just been impressed with is- Notre Dame in general all the residence halls have chapels and chaplains yeah. they yeah. have Sunday mass they have 150 masses in one week yeah that's just astounding to me it's mm-hmm. amazing. That's amazing it's yeah. not what I expected <laughs> And the It's Basilica's very alive, gorgeous. alive and vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you, Father Anthony, did you have any highlights from the week or any talk highlights?
0: Been, uh, no, because I, I slept through McIntyre's talk because <laughs> I was tired, not because it was boring. Uh, and then I went to the one uh, literature and friendship, which which was good. I was a literature geek in college. Uh, I majored in that. Uh, so that was nice. But the one thing that's been kind of a constant theme, just as we've been talking amongst ourselves and going from thing to thing, is this the difference or being in ministry or at least being um, a public person of the church like we all are in our different ways. Handling that and our natural tendencies towards being uh, extrover- extroversion and introversion, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how we handle that mm-hmm. in general. So it's been funny because like Father Harrison has been this 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 little hummingbird just going from plant to plant and just like it's <laughs> been like, beautiful. It's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and then, you guys are both like he's crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so um, uh, it's it's funny just noticing the difference in in. Because sometimes we can, uh, I think, convolute a little bit the differences between um, introversion, mm-hmm. social anxiety, because mm-hmm. uh, those are different things. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they go hand in hand, which makes it mm-hmm. confusing. Uh, but like sister, what you said about needing to run on grace for the rest of your mm-hmm. your activity. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think the difference um, and one thing that uh, I've noticed just in my ministry is that I don't I no longer hate being with people. Mm hmm. Which I did when I was like a younger person. Like I really enjoy this, but it takes work for me to do this. Right Mm -hmm. at a certain point, I'm done. Right, Mm -hmm. and then telling Father Harrison finish your beer. Father Anthony's done now. Yeah,
1: Yeah. see, I have the opposite. It's not like I love these moments, and then for me, it's going to have to go back Mm -hmm. to my ministry, which I love, but it's going to. you see so much good that you're like, I don't want to leave this good. Right. So it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that that's where the, that's where, that's where grace has to come in into work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's when I go back to the, to the normal day to day life stuff of having to deal with, you know, whatever stuff we have to deal with in a parish. That's where my normals, that's where my, that's where, for us as, as an extrovert, grace has to do its work.
2: And thank God, God made us all different. Because, Amen. Yeah, yeah. It's necessary.
1: You get the last word, sister. Anything you want to. Say you have to. Yeah, you have you, to, have you have our listeners to pontificate to, not to tell you what to say, sister, because that would be clericalistic and I don't and think
2: I naturally pontificate as naturally as both of you. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but
0: you've got to at least plug plug your book, um, and what your sisters are doing, or something like that.
2: Yeah. Well, so I guess I could talk about this coming week in, in Alexandria. I'm going to be talking about um, the new Memento Mori prayers and the last things. And one of the reasons that, like, I know that this has been a work of the Holy Spirit is that I started with death um, and just death, be, just because that's what I was talking, thinking about and talking about. Um, but then one of our sisters asked me if, if, well, what if we did a prayer book on Memento Mori? And yeah. I thought, I don't think people want a whole prayer book on death. And as I prayed about it, I realized that our founder, Blessed James Alberione, had a book on the last things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually structured the whole prayer book around his His presentation of mm. the last things. And I feel like if I had started with hell, like people would have been like, "Oh, yeah, bye <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not interested. yeah, but so it was kind of a work of the Holy Spirit to kind of ease people into the thought of the last things because really, all momentum worry is about if you if you detach it from heaven, mm-hmm. it's just a secular thing. but it's all about like living for heaven and living right. for union with God. so um, it's amazing how God works cool. yeah. and the
0: prayer book is beautiful
2: it's beautiful the the my binding, sisters page, it's
0: really nice yeah. they just yeah.
2: like I, I I told them some of my ideas and sister Danielle Victoria worked a lot on it and sister Linda who's in our, our design department and it was just that was another beautiful thing about the prayer book even more so than the other projects is that it was someone else's idea mm-hmm. um, and everyone all of the sisters have been working so hard on it together and there have been so many hiccups along the way mm-hmm. and every time there's a hiccup the sisters are frustrated but they say this this means that this project's going to do a lot of good yeah. mm-hmm. so so we're cool. all excited about awesome. it. It's just
0: like, a, it's. you look at the book and like you want to bring it to chapel and pray with it. It's just yeah. really nice. Yeah. So where can people get it? Do you guys have a website or can um, get it on Amazon? Or what's they the They can get it
2: on Amazon or Pauline.org or you should check and see if, if one of the Pauline Books and Media bookstores are in your area because Absolutely. some people just have no idea that we're sitting there, we and have your, chapel yeah, in our bookstore. And our sisters are, are... It's so much better to just go buy a book from a sister in person Absolutely. than to do it online. No one yeah. denies this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. And where can people find you online?
2: Um, at Pursued by Truth. Cool.
1: Awesome. Um, so thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, you can... Um, thanks for listening you can find us on Facebook, Twitter all that stuff um, tell your friends about. please leave a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts
0: and some of the reviews are amazing keep them coming guys
1: I read them it makes me smile makes me
0: happy. <laughs> I just printed out all the reviews I turned it into a little throw pillow and nice,
1: I I love the nice reviews that you guys are giving us so thank you and uh, please tell your friends about the podcast and tell your enemies too because Jesus said too We must love our enemies. Yeah, Yeah, you can find me at frharrison on Twitter. You can find me at Father Sharapa. And God bless. Peace.